Here we go. Last parak. Meseches Yavamis. 19th parak. 16th parak. 19th. 16th parak. Here we go. Dafkuf Yud Tes. Page 119. Very top word. Let us get going. We're continuing in the same parameters of a woman being believed. Trustworthiness of a woman. And we're now going to bring that conversation full circle to Chalitza. So until now, we've been talking about a woman remarrying somebody else. Yeah, when she comes back from overseas, she's testifying her husband died. Someone else testified her husband died, marrying somebody else. Listen to this case. Zok the mission. She's got a co-wife. And her co-wife and her husband go overseas. So Ruvain's married to Rachel and Leah. Ruvain and Rachel go overseas. Ubau, and they come. Some people are coming. The Amrula, and they say to Leah, who wasn't invited on this honeymoon, they say to Leah, Mes Balech, your husband died. Now here's the problem. Nobody had any children yet. So Leah's husband and Rachel had gone overseas. Now Leah's got a problem because her husband's dead. But here's the issue. Does that mean she should marry anybody else? Because maybe at, since at the time that her husband left, there were no children, she should assume there's still no children. Or maybe Rachel became pregnant overseas and she doesn't know. Only her husband died. Rachel may very well be pregnant, may, or if it's after a couple years, may very well have a child. And that would permit her as a widow to marry anybody else. Or perhaps Rachel never had a child and therefore she's a Yavama. And she has to be married to the brother. But you can't just do Yavam because he might be biblically forbidden as her brother in case there's a kid. So this woman is stuck between a rock and a hard place. She cannot marry somebody else. She cannot do Yibum. Unless she fi- until she finds out the story. Until she finds out whether or not Rachel, her co-wife, who went overseas, was pregnant. Okay? Let's say this woman had a chamoisa. We're going we're gonna to write it as chamoisa, her mother-in-law. So she had a mother-in-law and her husband, so let's say it like this. Ruvain's married to Rachel. Ruvain's mother is Leah. Leah gave birth to Ruvain and Ruvain marries Rachel. Okay. Now, Ruvain dies and his mother is overseas. Leah is overseas. The question is, Rachel is... Does she need to be concerned that maybe there's a brother to her husband that she doesn't know about? Because her mother-in-law also may very well have become pregnant and had another child. Or do we say, since there's... Okay, but maybe, maybe the mother-in-law had a child overseas. Uh, okay, so Yale's saying once, you, once you're nervous about that, once you're nervous about maybe Mal having a child, why aren't you concerned that maybe uh, she has a shtuki? You know, uh, uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, Rabbi Ravinsky says you can't hide kids. A fundraiser talking about Plenty around. 
Uh, okay. Good. They say in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, yeah. Okay. But that. But I, I want to keep your question in mind as we get to the Gemara. I want to keep... You, you have an interesting question, right? Your, your question is, if you're, if you're going to be concerned about the mother having another child, maybe we should be concerned about a child that's purposefully hidden. Okay? Now... Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Let's wait to the Gemara. The Gemara is not going to directly answer that, but I believe as we see that the Gemara's explanation of this Mishnah, your question will be answered. And I'll give you a hint to what we're going to get to. It has to do with expectation. It has to do with expectation. Okay? Fine. Haisalah Chamesh. If she has a mother-in-law who's capable of having another child and she just doesn't know about it. You do not need to be concerned that perhaps there's a, bro- there's a brother unless you know there's a brother and she can marry somebody else. Okay? There's no problem. Now this is interesting because notice in the first case of the Mishnah the co-wife went overseas and were concerned about pregnancy. Over here the mother-in-law is overseas and we're not concerned about pregnancy. Okay, what's the difference between why by one woman, by a co-wife, we are concerned about pregnancy, but by the mother, we're not concerned about pregnancy? Okay? Huh? What's normal, what's not normal? Okay. Okay. So we're going to see like this. We're going to see as we get to the Gemara, the Gemara is going to get into math, numbers, which is that if the mother-in-law had a child, what was that child? Healthy, not healthy. Male, female. What are the numbers? What are the odds? How would you, how would you bet against this in, the, in Vegas, as they say? Okay? So, um, as opposed to having a child, if, you know, uh, if, if your co-wife had a child, that's really any viable child, is, uh, removes, the, removes the chalitza, r- removes the yibo, any viable child. By the mother-in-law, it's not any viable child. You, it has to be a viable male where all of a sudden the odds are completely tilted. Okay, but we'll wait. This Gemara is going to focus on Raiv, on majority, and Chazag. Fine. Yatsasa Malaya. Let's say the mother-in-law is overseas and is known to be pregnant. Then, Chayshashas. Then we are concerned that maybe the child was a male, was a boy. And perhaps there's a Yavam here and we're not going to allow her to get marry somebody else. And the Gemara will explain that as well. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says, no, even if the Mala goes overseas pregnant, we do not need to be concerned about perhaps she gave birth to a viable male. And this also is going to be a machlokas in numbers, in statistics about our, about our uh, concern of is there a Yavam here. Okay. So this mom is going to be a fascinating daf, a lot of math. Here we go. Says the Gemara, Mahit Sarasa. What does it mean when it says he Haisha Shalach Bala Vitsarasa Lemdinas Hayam? Okay, it should have said that maybe her her uh, her uh, tsara is pregnant. What does it mean? He Tsarasa. She her co-wife is pregnant. Sigmar Hakamashmulan Lahat Tsara Hudi Chayshinan. That we're concerned that Rachel, who went overseas, might be pregnant. Aval Tsara Achriti. There's no concern about the husband taking a third wife. That far, 
we're not going to be concerned, right? So here's the case. Let's remember. Reuven was married to Rachel and Leah. He goes on a honeymoon with Rachel. He leaves only with Rachel. And then they come back and tell Leah that her husband's dead. So our concern here is maybe Rachel is pregnant, maybe she's not pregnant. The Gemara says, well, if you don't know what's going on in Reuven's life, maybe Leah should be concerned that there's even a third wife. Maybe he married somebody else. And maybe that third woman had a child. Says Gemara, no, that far we don't go. Okay? That's why it says, he, Tsarasa, this co-wife is the one that you got to focus on. You don't need to focus on a concern of, of uh, perhaps there's even an additional wife. Okay? What do we say? The halacha is, she cannot marry somebody else because perhaps she's a Yavama and she also cannot marry the Yavam because perhaps Rachel, who's with her husband, had a baby and therefore there's no Yibam and she's married with her and everybody else. Says Gemara Bishlam Now let me ask you a question. Before we go, so, so what is she supposed to do? What do we do with her? Support her from the husband's so, estate. Support her from the husband's estate and then just leave her as an Aguna? Until, she could, until uh, somehow, some way, she could figure this out? Well, here you can check the Adam. Huh? Check out the Adam. Maybe check out the Adam. Okay, but this is it's basically the Gemara's. Leaving, leaving her, the, the Mishnah, I'm sorry, is leaving her in limbo. So let's get into this. Says Gemara. We understand why she can't do Yibum because there's a possible setup for a biblical transgression. Doma Miabra. Maybe Rachel, the co wife, had a child. And if we allow Yibum to happen, then this, uh, the Yavam and Yavama are really brother in law and sister in law, which is a biblical transgression. But this that we say she cannot marry somebody else. Why not? Now, why aren't we allowing her to marry somebody else in case she's a Yavama? Okay? Says so Gemara, I don't understand something. Why don't we follow the majority of women? Most women are capable of giving birth. And therefore, if the wife and the husband are overseas, you can assume they're having relations, and relations leads to pregnancy, and pregnancy leads to a lack of, uh, to birth, which is a lack of yibum, and follow majority, most women are able to be childbearing. And we should assume that it's okay. Lema Rav Meir, he dechayish namiutas. What are you going to tell me? Maybe the time of Ramesh is Rav Meir, who's concerned about the miut, who's concerned about the minority, and since there are some women that are not capable of, uh, of having children, is that how you want to determine our Mishnah? And not like the Chachamim. Now, the Gemara obviously doesn't want to do that. The Gemara wants this mission to follow majority. Alright? Follow the sages. So ask the Gemara, sages hold rove. Follow majority. Majority says, this couple's overseas, why wouldn't she become pregnant? Answer the Gemara, if you look at you can even say our mission that keeps her in limbo, even follows the Rabbana. Kiyos, your Rabbana, Basaruba. When did the Rabbana say to follow the majority? Ruba de Isi Lekaman. This is so gishmak. Ready? When do you follow majority? That's when the majority is here. Kigain, for example, Teisha Chanuyes Sanhedri. For example, the case of the, the famous case of the nine stores and the famous case of the Sanhedrin. What's the famous case of the Sanhedrin? You have 23 Dayanim, 23 judges on a court. An odd number. 13, uh, uh, 12 say one way, 11 say the other way. You follow majority. Why? Because you can touch each one, and tickle their toes. They're here. 
they're tangible. They're right here. If you have a piece of meat and you don't know which store it came from, and nine stores are kosher stores, and one store is a non-kosher store, where did that meat come from? You could say it came from majority. Nine kosher stores, that meat is going to be kosher because these stores are here, tangible, and in front of us. But when it's a majority, and that majority is not here, for example, this woman is not here, even though you want to say she's part of the majority, but that she's not here. The rove is weakened. Says the Gemara, one second. The case of a katan and a katana, where the majority is not here. A, a, a katan and a katana, as far as marriage and yibum, they, the, the rove, the majority is not in front of us, and still we follow majority, still the sages follow the majority. Meaning what the Gemara is about to challenge is that the Rabbanan only hold you follow rove when it's literally here. And let's challenge that. Ditanya. We learned in a brysa. If you have a katan and a katana, an 11-year-old male, brother, his brother was 20 years old, married, dies childless, and he was married to a 10-year-old girl. So now you have a katan and a katana who have yibum. Um, the halacha is lo cholzin v'loim yibum. We don't do yibum or chalitza. Different remeres bin remer. I'm with remer. The chum said remer. Yofa amrshin cholzin. You're right that you can't do chalitza ishksev parsha because by chalitza it's got to be a man. This kid's not a man, so it ain't going to work. Umakshin ishalish. And once a man can't do it, we know that a woman you cannot perform chalitza on a woman either. Because man is compared to woman. What's the reason? So we know you can't do chalitza. Why don't we allow the katan and katana to do yibam? You know why a katan can't do yibam? Because maybe this 11-year-old brother is going to end up, we're, we're finding out when he's 20 years old, that he's a sterile, he's a saris, he was never capable in the first place of performing yibam. And katana, and a katana, maybe the reason why she didn't have a child, Shema Timotse Islandess, is not because she's a minor, but maybe she's an islandess. And again, an islandess also doesn't have the mitzvah of yibum at all because it's not capable of perpetuating the brother's name. But into Paigim Ba'erba. And it's, come, it's going to come out that they're Paigim Ba'erba. So the whole logic why a kot and a katana cannot do something together is because they might be Paigaya, the, 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 they might transgress. Now let me ask you a question. Out of a hundred men, how many are sterile? Out of a hundred women, how many are an islandess? It ain't a majority. But we're chayshish, says the mayor, we're concerned. For Rabbanon Sarvi, but the Rabbanon say, Zil basarubu de katanim. No. Follow majority of the katanim. Vereiv katanim labsisininu. Most minors are not sarisim. They don't end up being sterile. Zil basarav katanis. Follow most uh, uh, young women. Vereiv katanis lab islandis ninu. So you see from here, the chachamim hold, even if the rive is not literally in front of us, it's not in front of us, and it's all assumption in the future when they become adults. Most boys are capable of having child, or of fathering a child. Most women are capable of mothering a child, of giving birth. So you see the Rabbanon hold, you follow a majority, even the lesser lekaman. Even when it's not mamish in front of us, which the Gemara answers, you're right. You're right. The Rabbanon hold, you follow right. Anyway, rather it must be the, uh, the original reason Masnison, uh, Rev Meir, he and the Mishnah must be Rev Meir and not the Chacham. Huh? We do not follow we, that. Um, we do not 
follow the majority of women, and we don't, and uh, therefore she's in limbo. Because it, the Gemara's question was, why don't you follow Raiv, follow the majority, and allow her to remarry? Assume there's a baby. So Gemara said, it must be Rav Meir who's He's concerned about the minority. And it can't be the sages who say that there's no concern about the minority. Yeah. Why can't you say the cut and Gadol, I mean, the cut the, the and the Katana, they're there. They're in front of them. They're, they're not mature yet. But they themselves and everything that, their total, totality of essence are all there. Great. Rabbi Rabinsky is saying that they're Roy. Right? They're yeah. fit to father a child. So very good. Very good. Yeah, that's that's big rate on this. Okay, uh, the big rate on this daf. Um, what you have to say ultimately, what you have to say is that the chamemo, that the rabbanon hold uh, that ruba the lesser lekaman is that it's not literally in front of us, even if it's fit to become that in the future, even if it's right. That's a for them. No. So it's a much bigger chiddush. You're right. You're you're, you're advancing the chiddush, but you have the the the, the response is in hachinami. Okay. That's that's how you're gonna ultimately have to understand the cham. All right. Says the gemara b'mayu kimto. Ain hachinami. Um, You're right. In <laughs> um, in Aramaic means yes. Hachinami here also. In hachinami, yeah, that, that's also true. That's also true. Says the Gemara. Okay, so how are we establishing our Mishnah like Rivera, not the Acham? But Mayu Kimta, we're establishing the Mishnah Kerev Meir. We're following the Rev Meir, who what is concerned about minority. And since minority of women aren't capable of having children, this co-wife is in limbo. But let's say the end of our Mishnah. Let's say her mother-in-law goes overseas. There's no concern that maybe her mother-in-law mothered another brother. One second. Am I? Why? Because we're following majority. Right? Most women ultimately give birth and uh, uh, become pregnant and give birth. So why shouldn't we assume to follow the majority, not like a man, but follow the majority and say that there isn't there is a brother and there's a chi of yibum? What are you going to say? Oh, miut mapilais, because granted most women are capable of becoming pregnant, but some have miscarriages. First of all, what's the percentage of miscarriages? Now, let's say ten percent. Ten percent of women are going to miscarry, okay? Or not ten percent? That's not true. It's much more than that. But ten percent of pregnancies, maybe, right, um, are uh, are uh, a miscarriage. Okay. Now, combine that with the world being fifty percent male and fifty percent female. Some of them are and left in the cavus. So you want to say it like this. 50% of viable births are male. 50% of, vi- of, of viable births are female. Now, there's also going to be included in that number births that are not viable. Put that with the Nikabos and say that now 53% of pregnancies end up being a non-viable male. Okay? They're, they end up being either a female or a non-viable male. Bahaval is Haramayuta. So now... Viable males being born into the world are a minority. Call it 47% of pregnancies. The Lechush and Rev Meir should tell us we should be concerned about the mother having a child. And this lady should be obligated to wait for Yibam. But our Mishnah says you don't. 
Says the Gemara, Kasha, make up your mind. If the Reisha is Rebbe Meir, who's nervous about a miut, the Seifa, we should assume, is also Reb Meir, who's nervous about a miut, and she should be stuck with Yibum. Why is Reb Meir permitting her to remarry? Says the Gemara, Doma, perhaps, Kivan the Ichzik Since she has a Chazaka to be permitted to the marketplace, meaning there's a Chazaka that there's no Yavam, until you know there's a Yavam. So, Lo Chayish, you ready? Where does the mayor say you're nervous about a miut? Wow. When it's not against the chazaka. But when it's not against an existing status of, being, of there not being a yavam. But when there's an existing status of not being a yavam, then Rav Meir will say, no, I'm not nervous about the miut. Okay? Now, says the Gemara, this is, this is getting into at. Okay? Says the Gemara, Reisha, in the first case, where the tsara went overseas with the husband, the ischazek liyibum, where there's also no child at the time, so there's an assumption that the co-wife would have a mitzvah of yibum, tisyavim, we should say that the rove women becoming pregnant should not override the chazaka of her being, of her doing yibum. Why do we say you cannot do yibum until you find out in the ratio uh, there's the Isser Kares, where we're setting her up as the prohibition of being her brother's wife. Therefore, Chashu. Even though there's a Chazaka, when the, when the risk of relying on the Chazaka is so high, you don't rely on a Chazaka. Now, Chavra, this, uh, follow along, because there, there's a lot of ways that this can apply to our personal lives. When things get very, um, very layered, when you, sometimes things come up in our lives that have a lot of layers to them. There's a chazaka one way, but there's a rove majority telling me a different way. Yeah, but even if I were to follow the rove, the risks of what I'm putting myself up against are so enormous that all of a sudden... That rove doesn't, ex- you know, th- that rove is not worth, it's just not worth it to rely on. So the Gemara says, Reisha de Isser Kares, in the Reisha we're, the ramifications of me risking this is so enormous, there's a Chi of Kares, so Chashu, we're concerned that maybe there's a baby and you cannot marry the brother-in-law. But Seifa, when it comes to the mother-in-law possibly having a child, the Isser Lav, where let's say there is a brother. So somebody else coming and marrying her actually is a lav in the Torah. It's not a chi of kares, so lo chashashu, we're not concerned over there. Okay? And, you know, even keep it in finances. Anybody who, who's working the market, anybody's on, there's up until a certain point where you'll be willing to follow the, um, the trends, the trends of the time. And, and you'll say, listen, up until this point, I'm willing to follow the trend. If there's a lot at stake, you hold off until there's a lot more stability in place, right? It's like sometimes, you know, in, especially in the world of clay kodesh, in the, in the, you know, in the world of, of people who are in, uh, you know, earning a livelihood, we'll call it in the... In, um, in yeshivas, rabbeim, rabbanim, so there's not as much money going around, but people don't want to be dumb either. They want to be able to put money away. And, uh, 
So there's, there's, you know, sometimes when I tell my friends when it comes to like putting money aside, people clutch about this question. I say, listen, take some money and make it six flags money. Six flags money. If you would spend 36 bucks in six flags, take that 36 bucks and put it in a mutual fund. And call it a day. Pretend like you just went to six flags for four hours and you spent your 36 bucks, stick it in the mutual even though you don't have enough money. But you'd have enough money to go to Six Flags maybe a few times a year, right? You'd have enough money to take that 36 bucks. And put it, all right, because that's money that you're able to risk, right? You won't be so dumb with it, but there's, but to put a lot, somebody gives you a big gift, eh? you know, you're not going to start putting that in and risk because you need more of that. So the, the bigger the risk on the flip side of it, the more careful we're going to be not to just follow majority. We're not going to follow the, the going trend. You need, to, you need to use your seichel with this. And that's what the Gemara is saying. There's mamish, such a, such a beautiful and deep Gemara, teaching us how to think through things in our personal lives as yidin. Risk factors against majority, against, against status, against chazaka. Eh? And, and keep in mind something else. Something else that's very interesting. You know, and we're going we're gonna to keep going on this. But notice the difference between raiv and chazaka. You have majority and you have a chazaka. What's the difference between a majority and a chazaka? So a chazaka is something that doesn't necessarily exist currently. It doesn't exist now. There's a chazaka, right? You can have a teacher who's been teaching for 90 years and they can't teach anymore. They can't teach anymore. But they keep doing it as a chazaka. But they're not capable of teaching. You can have chreis, uh, whatever it is, something, uh, some sort of status, a chazaka. Does it mean it's current? Arrive means it's here now. Notice that a majority is here now. There's majority here now. Chazaka is something that was. And each one carries an element of weight. And there's times where we're going to say chazaka may win out over the rive and some, sometimes not. So this Gemara is really uh, allowing us to, to um, handle so many, so, so many different uh, things that can, that can crop up in our lives that are multi-layered and, and it's, it's hard to wade through. When you, when you go through Shas, Mamish helps us how to, how to uh, focus through this. Okay, says the Gemara, Michti, Amar Rava. Rava says, Michti, let's see. Hodaraisav, Hodaraisav. The prohibition of marrying, of po- the possibility of marrying your brother's wife, your, your, the possibility of marrying your husband's brother. Okay, the woman marrying the husband's brother and the husband marrying his wife's, his brother's wife. That is Osder Isa. Mali Yisrkalis, Mali So what's the difference if a guy goes and marries a Yavama? A guy in the Shuk, a guy in the marketplace goes and marries a Yavama. So he transgressed a biblical transgression, it's a love. That's the Gemara. Either way, it's a biblical transgression. So shouldn't we say that a person's always obligated when it's a suffix do raisa? If you're in doubt about a do raisa, you got to be machmir. You got to be strict. It doesn't make a difference whether it's kares or alav. Allah marava, rather Rava says, top of Ahmed Bez. Reisha, in the first case, where the co-wife went overseas. And what's the shaila? Whether the, now the husband's dead. And we don't know if the co-wife was pregnant or not and had a baby. Chazaka le'ibum. First of all, there's a chazaka for yibum. Because at the time that they left, there was no child. Veruba l'shuk. Okay? But majority, 
tells us there is a child that goes to the marketplace. This is what was versus what is. Chazaka says, there's Yibum. Because status when the husband left, no child. Majority tells me, no Yibum. Because we have to assume the wife gave birth. The Chazaka layadiv kiruba. A chazaka is not at what was is not as strong as a current majority. Okay, so now what's the majority that there's a child here? So what would we say? There's no yibum. You hear this? Rive wins out and tells me there's a baby, and therefore there's no yibum. Fine. So if there's no yibum, shouldn't we permit her to marry everybody else? Says the Gemara like this. Also, no. You know why? Because again, who is the author of our Mishnah? Reb Meir. The minority of, of um, pregnancies that end up in a miscarriage. Ready for this? Put it next to the status of there being Yibam. And now... We're back to 50-50 because we're concerned about the minority. So the minority combines with the Chazaka to not allow the Raiv to dominate. And therefore, you can't do Yibum and you can't do Chalitza. But in the Seifa, keep reading Viter, incredible. The Chazaka Lashuk, where the mother-in-law went overseas and at the time there was no brother. So if there's no brother, is there Yibum? No way, no how. So the chazaka, when the mother went overseas, is no yibum. So chazaka, the status is, she can marry whoever she wants. But maybe the majority says the mother had a child. So verubo, if you follow majority, that's l'shuk. And now you have the fact that males are miyuta dimiyuta. Right, exactly. Or even less. Umiyuta dimiyuta lechayish meir. And miyuta dimiyuta to a minority of a minority that Rav Meir is not concerned about. Hence, says Rava beautifully, breaking down the just math statistics, the, the way that Rov and Chazaka fight against each other. When there's a miyut teaming up with a Chazaka, there's a problem. But when there's a miyut of a miyut, a minority of a minority matching up against the Chazaka, that Rav Meir is not concerned about. Hence, by the mother-in-law, he's going to allow the widow to marry to the shuk, to marry somebody else. Mom, is an incredible Gemara. Yeah. So there's a Rashi that shlugs up this whole svarah. The idea of maybe when they go, he takes Rachel and they're off on their honeymoon yep. and she's going to get pregnant and have a kid. But we know from Rashi that when you travel, there's a miyut in Peri and whatever from the you know the troubles of the way and everything else, it's not so common for people to have children. Is that when couples travel together? Yeah, that's why Hashem had to give Avraham a bracha. I love him. I don't know. I don't know what the mitzvahs really are. Yeah, interesting. Right. I don't have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, says the Gemara Vayter Leitinasi Vaitis Yavim. The halacha is the, the, the wife that wasn't invited on the honeymoon. She cannot do yibum. She cannot marry to the shuk. Says the Gemara. All right. Does this mean la'ilam? Yeah, we're at the two dots. Eight lines on top of the page. 
Ula Ailam. Forever she's now like stuck. What, what, how are we going to help her? Says like this. Every woman, once her husband goes overseas, she needs to wait three months anyway before remarrying because the possibility of her being with her husband and perhaps she's pregnant. Tisha, And then after nine months of her friend, the possibility of her friend being pregnant, she waits for that. And then, after nine months, she'll do chalitza with the brother, meaning like this. Reuven and Rachel go overseas, leaving Leah behind. Word comes back to Leah, your husband Reuven died. We don't know if Rachel had a child. Says the Gemara, okay, here's what you got to do. Wait nine months, see what happens, see if a word goes out that there's a child. After nine months, we're going to have Leah do chalitza on Ruvain's brother, and then she can remarry. Why? Because Mamanavshach. Either way. If there was no child, chalitza or yibum was needed. So chalitza is valid. And if there is a child, so then Ru- Leah and Ruvain's brother did chalitza, and it wasn't even needed. What, what's the worst that's going to happen? You, <laughs> she removed his shoe and spit on the floor. Because, very good. Very good. But you're going to have to wait, pause, good. But you're going to have to wait that amount of time before you could do this. And so the Gemara is saying, it's not la'ilam. It's not like she's in limbo forever. Rechina, Rechina says, No, actually, she remains usher forever. Says Gemara, to explain, we're going to get to your question. Why not? What does Rabbi Nechanina have wrong with doing chalitza? Do chalitza anyway. We're concerned that maybe Rachel had a child that was viable. And it's going to come out that if you do chalitza, she's not, which wasn't needed, she's not going to be allowed to marry a Kohen. And if there would be a child, she would be allowed to marry a Kohen. Now we should all be jumping out of our seats. Huh. Right now she can't marry anybody. So you're, you're, you're worried about her not marrying a Kohen? That, that's your problem? You know what she'll say? Michael Tavis, let me do Chalitza. Says the Goro Tricha. Yeah? Why don't you do that? Doma'ika da'havi b'chalitza v'lehava b'chraza. We're concerned there are people going to be at the Chalitza... But later on, they're not at some sort of announcement that's going to happen, letting us know that the chalitza was a mistake. And then she'll end up marrying a kayin. And people are going to say that a chalitza married a kayin. Okay. Says Rav Hanina, we're going to be strict on her. You know why? Incredibly. Because if we're not strict on her, she could cause big problems in Kala Yisrael. Because what happens if the Yavam does chalitza on her? And then it comes out that there actually was a child. So the chalitza was nullified, completely unnecessary. She's back to being just a regular widow now. And she goes and marries a Kohen. People are going to think a chalitza can marry a Kohen, and that's not true. Why can't they make it zero? Huh? You can do chalitza, you can get married, but the Rabbanan say you can't marry a Kohen. That's the price you pay if you want to marry. Okay. 
Rabbi Ravinsky is asking, why don't you make a decree? Why don't you make a decree in this situation to say that when you're doing chalitza, that this chalitza is going to remain valid no matter what, even if it comes out there's a child. The answer is because chalitza is dairaisa. I mean, what do you, you mean? No, 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 not that the chalitza is valid. You're just saying that if you go through this act, even if the chalitza wasn't necessary, since they may not be there for the announcement later on, can't marry a kind? Kabbal on yourself that you cannot marry a kind. Okay, I don't know why we're not making it. Let, let's finish up. Okay, right. let's see. Tonight we learned in the mission on Eaton Sayam. If let's say you have a couple that comes back from vacation. And the wife says, oh, that year sabbatical was amazing. And I had a baby boy. And she says, and then my, first my son died, and then my husband died. So there's Yibam. We believe her, and we do Yibam. My husband died, and then my baby died. We do not trust her. And therefore, she's not allowed to marry a Yavam. And to get out of it, we do Chalitza. Says the Gemara Velechosh. Why aren't we concerned? Same problem. Why are we allowing Chalitza Maman of Shach? Maybe it's going to come out that really things were switched around. And the Chalitza is going to become invalid. And she's going to go marry a Kayin. And people are going to think a Chalitza is going to marry a Kayin. Amrav Papa, big Grusha. Because she's already a Grusha. And therefore, she's not going to go marry a Kayin. And that's the case. We're talking about a case where the, the Almana says that we were hiding alone and therefore there's no chance that anybody's going to come and change this around. But I want to pause here because I think Rabbi Ravinsky's question was just answered. And what the Gemara here is nitpicking in either answer. Both Rav Papa by saying Begrusha and Rav Chia Breder of Huna saying where it's not possible for it to be, uh, for it to be, um, her her testimony to be challenged because it was private and they were all alone. We're we're really limiting this case to where we're saying she's allowed to do chalitza. But this same thing, Taka, would apply to our other case. In other words, the the, the response over here is ein hachinami. If we can create a scenario for her where there's no possibility of anybody. Challenging her, um, uh, challenging her marriage to the Kayan, that's going to be okay. We are going to allow it, and uh, and we're going to. It's going to be taken on a case by case basis. For example, you know, she says we were in a cave, or she says that, uh, or, or she was a previous garusha. If in, in our case as well, if you know, if let's say the co-wife, ready for this, Reuven and Rachel go overseas, leaving behind Leah. Leah was divorced from a previous marriage. And then they come back and tell her, maybe the halacha is going to be, according to what we're saying, is that we would do chalitza with her, because either way, she's not going to be allowed to marry a guy in a chanami. That, that would be true. Okay, says the Mishnah Viter. Here we go. Shteyavamais, tuyavamais. So, what do you mean there's two Yavamis? So, here's what happened. You have two brothers who are married to two women. The two brothers die. How do we know they died? Because their wives come back and tell us that the brothers died. 
So not only the testimony of the brothers died, but they're also basically, by the other one, is saying, by her saying, my husband died, they're both saying, so there's no Yibam, because there's no brother. Okay? Zu asura mepnei baila shel zu, v'zu asura mepnei baila shel zu. It is. We trust them for their husbands to be dead, but we don't trust, uh, but, but we don't trust the testimony of the sister far enough to say that your husband's dead enough. <laughs> right? I'm going to kill him till he's dead. You know, yeah. like <laughs> he, he's dead. Right? He's mostly dead. Yeah, he, he's dead as far as you're concerned, but he's not dead as far as your sister-in-law is concerned. All right, that's that's what we're having over here. Zuzu replay baila shel uh, what happens if these two women come? One's got witnesses and one doesn't have witnesses. The one with witnesses is usher to remarry because the other one didn't. Right? So there's a chance that she's a Yavam. She's a Yavama. The one who didn't have proof that her husband's dead, she's actually going to be permitted to marry whoever she wants. You know why? So let's think this through beautifully. She's not married anymore because we always trust the woman to say her husband's dead. I, maybe the husband's brother's alive? No, there's two witnesses telling us he's not alive. So you're fine, you're free. You're good to go. Your words remove your marriage and the Adam's words remove your Yibam. While the other one who has witnesses is in trouble. Because she is considered a widow. But is she considered enough of a widow to know that the brother's dead? There's no witnesses testifying the brother's dead. And therefore she may very well be a Yavam. One woman has children, the other one doesn't. One with children can marry somebody else. There's no problem. The one who doesn't have children has this Yibam concern. Nisiavmu. What happens if Yibum was done, umesu hayavman, and then the Yavaman die, Asura Lihinase? Then they're not the Asura Lihinase, they're not allowed to remarry. Why? Because since each one is possibly um, have Yibum now because of the second brother's death, so unless she's going to remain in her original transgression. Because we don't know about whether there's a Yavam still in existence because there was no testimony, there's no Edus about that. So, No. Once you allow them to remarry the Yavamim, they've moved on from that first marriage. Now in the second marriage, we know the second brothers died. They're going to be permitted to the, they're going to be permitted to the Shuk. Okay, says the Gemara. Let's say two women come back. Again, they were married to brothers. One woman has, has Edom. That her husband died, and she has children. Okay, so she has children. Any yibum? No. Any problem with her remarrying somebody else? No. no. She has witnesses. And the other woman has no witnesses, so she's. We're going to trust her to say that she could remarry, but um, but she has no witnesses about it. And she doesn't have children. So shteya mutares. In both, the, in both these cases, they are fine. Why are they fine in both these cases? You know why? Very simple. Uh, Rachel has witnesses and children. So we explain, she's off the hook. What about Leah? No witnesses, no children. What are you going to say about her? She's the evil with the brother. Okay, but, the, the, but there's witnesses saying the brother's dead. So there's no brother. Oh. 
No, but that, that's the chap here. That's the chap. She, right, the only thing is, so she can remarry and meets her. What about the what about the brother? No concern either, because the, the the other wife brought witnesses, so they're both going to be okay. Gavaldik. Now, Viter, Nis Let's uh, we said in the Mishnah. Let's say they did even with the brothers. Umesu Hayavim Asurli Nase. And then the second brothers also died childless. So then they're not allowed to remarry. That was Tanakama. He says, no, it's going to be okay. Now, boy, Rava. Rava asked the question, searching for information. My time with Rebbe Lazar. What is the reason for Rebbe Lazar that once you moved on from marriage number one, you've moved on. And even though marriage number two has now ended with the death of the Yavami, you don't have to go back to your original concern. My time to Rebbe Lazar. What's the reason for Rebbe Lazar? Mishum to Kesavar Tzara Me'idu Lechaverta. It's because he says that a Tzara is allowed to give the testimony for her friend. No chance. Uh, I'm sorry, not no chance. Is is that's the Shaila? Maybe at this point we will trust the Tzara. I don't want Mishum to he lie Makalkal Nafsha. Or is it that she has added Namanas? She has added trustworthiness over here because we assume that people are not going to uh, cut off their nose to spite their face, as Rabbi Ravinsky taught us the other day. Okay? That she's not going to uh, mess herself up just for her tzaras. The Gemara says, the what's, uh, what's the difference? Answers the Gemara. The Gemara says, le'ansube le'tzara mikame dida. The nafkimina is going to be whether we allow the tzara to marry before the one who gave the testimony. They're going to say that a, a tzara, a co-wife, can give t- testimony about her, about her, her chaverta, her friend, okay? So even though they didn't marry yet, we should allow the tzara to marry based upon her edus. My. See, here's the side. Here, here. In other words, if the concern is that she's not going to mess herself up because of her friend, so do we need to wait for her to take that leap, take that risk, and possibly mess herself up before doing this, or not? That's going to be a problem of Kamina. The Gemara wants to know, my, what, is, what taka is the reason why, um, uh, what taka is the reason um, why we are, why Rebbe Lazar says that after the second marriage, the co-wives are allowed to marry. We'll pick up from here, Be'ezah Hashem, tomorrow evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful night, everybody.